Welcome back to the Mysteria podcast. This is season three and joined again, uh, the season premiere, season one, season two, and now season three, Dr. Ryan Abbott. You know, I don't know what I've done to deserve this honor, but uh, <laughs> I will accept it graciously. Yeah, well, I'm happy, always happy to have you on, so it was a good time. So we got a, uh, I'm very paranoid of the setup right now because we got cameras and microphones all over the place. Where you took the fuzzy thing off. I did. I, I figured we're far away enough from the, from the pop filter, so we'll be, <laughs> we should be okay. I, I will look up the popping. That's right. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we, we can start with you. <laughs> I think we should start with you. You've got a, you've got a page of questions to ask me, apparently. It was essentially a completely blank page with a few, a few carefully thought out blank notes of questions you might want to ask. But, uh, you know, you, you, you've hit your stride. You were very anxious in our first interview. You, you look like you've mellowed out. You've settled in. You've got famous or guests, but keep inviting me back for some reason. So how goes the podcasting life? It's good. It's good. I know with the, so yeah, the, the first one that, that we ever did was in person with you. And the second one was a Zoom one. And then now we're, we're back right. to in person. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a wild and crazy ride, as they say, <laughs> as the yearbook saying goes. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like the first one, I mean, it was, it was so funny, because I mean, I was like terrified for like three days. And because I also didn't really know you um, that well. I mean, we had, had the class and then had the tutorial. And uh, that, that, that's about it. Of course, if it had gone really poorly, you always could have just not aired it. And so the next one was episode number one. Yeah. There was a practice run. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but no, it was great. I mean, it was, um, it's just one of those things like you, you have to, you, you just get to the point where like you just have to do it. You just have to do it because there's a million reasons to not do it. And, you know, and then you would never do anything. And that's the thing. And then now we're, this is, I think by the time this comes out, this will be episode like 34, 35, don't quote me, but more or less. We're, we're at 30 as of right now, which is ridiculous to me. I, I just, yeah. And you've got to learn all sorts of new things and travel the world. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so we're in, at least in, virtually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're in England right now. I guess we can, I guess we can say that counts. I'm double vaxxed. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Moderna, <laughs> what do you get? Pfizer and Moderna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all right. Sweet, sweet. Oh, you yeah. can see a Pfizer and a Moderna? Yeah. I get the oh, you can get the mix. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I got 5G. Really great built-in 5G. Oh, so it altered your genes and now you're a receptor for, <laughs> yep. for wireless. It works out nice. Excellent. So you're your own hotspot. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> it's good. Good one thing to be superpowers. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, I don't know. What were we talking about? Three minutes in, we're already sidetracked. Well, no, no. Well, what I thought was really interesting was that you're trying to set a world record. Although oh, yeah. not that the podcast isn't interesting. <laughs> but but being there's a lot of people in the world. And there have been, and you would be, of all those people, the only person to have done something, which mm-hmm. seems just kind of amazing. It's kind of cool. And what is this thing that you were going to be doing, um, that we will be doing? It's the, it's the Guinness World Record for most chin-ups in 24 hours. That's a lot of chin-ups. It's a lot. It's 5,400, roughly. I was thinking 54 would be a lot, <laughs> but 5,400 seems like a number that shouldn't be associated with chin-ups. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the idea. <laughs> I, I kind of wonder how one does that physically. Well, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> well, you've been doing it, presumably, <laughs> or doing chin-ups for a long time. Yeah, um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that started off as a joke about two years ago. And at the time I could only do about 20. So that was kind of cool. And but, well, actually it started off as let's do 500. I'm like, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of something. That's a lot of something. And then I'm like, well, then you look it up, right? And then you go, mm, actually, there's people who've done more. So then you go, maybe do a thousand. That's that's, that's an impressive thing. number of chin-ups. Yeah. And then you go, well, people have done that. So then you just kind of keep going, going, and then oh, there's a there's a record. I mean, this. if you could do a thousand, you could do 5,400. That's right? the idea. Yeah. If I think from the training, honestly, if you can do, if you can do like 250 you can get to the record, you know, th there's a limit of, uh, I mean, okay, I guess there's, you know, a bit of, not everybody can do that, but if you can get yourself to do hundreds, you can do thousands because eventually there, there comes a threshold where it's not about the body anymore. It's about how far can your mind take you and how much punishment can you put up with and fatigue and boredom and, oh my God, I want to go home. I don't want to do this. And just, how far can you push past that to uh, to the promised land? You know, and you're getting there. We're getting there. When, when are you gonna go go up for this? Uh, so as of right now, it's November 23rd. Um, nice. You have a date. Yeah. So we have a date. It may get moved up a month. Um, so we're kind of waiting to see what happens there. But otherwise, it'll be November 23rd or October 23rd, and there'll be announcements and whatever for that. And um, yeah, we, we, before I came to the UK, I did my first kind of like big test workout. So we did what started off as a thousand session and the longest I had done prior to that was 600. Um, although you're doing like thousand rep weeks. So you're getting the numbers in over a long period of time and then now it's okay, let's just go single, single sesh. How can, how far can we go? <laughs> and you just like bulk up the arms and like emaciate the rest of it. So there's less weight to lift or. You know what? It doesn't work that way. I tried it that way. Um, I, I was keeping my body weight down. So I'm naturally about a 175. Um, and I'm my, my body proportions are as I'm now, as I say that I'm like slouching in this chair horribly, but um, the, the dimensions I, I'm all leg. So I got legs up to here and then I got a shorter body and then I got these ridiculous long arms. Mm. So it seems to be working out okay. Um, Cause you, I guess the momentum, the torque, the angle, I don't know, but seems to be working out okay. And so I was keeping my body weight at about 165 for about six months. And I hated every second of it because it was like, oh, stay light, stay light, stay light, helps it. Nope. It doesn't. So I, I figured I, I, the reps I'm able to do now, I can recover fast. I can work. I'm working out way harder than I have been. And I feel, I feel phenomenal. So it's quite, and then mentally, that's a nice side effect. Yeah. And did you get the tattoo before or after you? Saw oh yeah. Tattoos? Yeah. This is a while ago. So I got this, I got this August 17, 2019. Well, what if your arms like dramatically transformed as a result of the chin-ups and suddenly it was no longer like a skeleton head. It was like, I don't know what that would transform it, it to. It'd be like a dinosaur looking skull. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll- it Let's go to we'll, the podcast. We'll, we'll wait and find out. <laughs> so well, actually, so the guy who did this, um, he, he won, I believe it was season six of Ink Master, Ooh. which is a, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but it's a reality TV show. 
And it's a, it's basically American Idol, but for tattooing. So it's a competition. And uh, Dave Kruseman, uh, K-R-U-S-E-M-A-N. So for people who want to go check him out. He, well, he was based out of San Diego. That's where I got it. Uh, but now he also has a shop in, in Maryland. So if anybody's interested in American traditional tattooing, Dave is the best in the country. Um, well, that is traditional American tattooing, despite the... Um, the sugar skull? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. part of American traditional. Oh, yeah, it's right. quite a yeah. common one, yeah. I, I suppose the way you've arranged this podcast, it's a good advertisement for him. You know, it is. Work, but then when you're the world champion of chin-ups. That's right. Yeah. Um, Come on, he's, Dave. He's really going to make it. <laughs> Yeah, so that was quite a, that was a really cool experience. Yeah, that was, uh, I went down with my dad and uh, my mom was horrified that I got a tattoo. And uh, of course I come back with a giant skull and thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it buttons up if you ever get a, you know, a, a job requiring you to have a shirt. So yeah, exactly. It's not on your face. No, no, no Post Malone action. I, I know so. I, I, when I was a prison doctor, I did once have a, a gentleman who had six different women's names written across <laughs> his forehead. And a couple of them were crossed out with a line through them because the current partner of his didn't like those women. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. They weren't, they weren't, I mean, you could read the names. They just had a line through them, but it was clear that they were no longer, you know. There's no whiteout for your face. No, you well, it's called, yeah, not, not there. Yeah. Not there. It's called lasers. Yeah. Right. The lack of those in prison. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and so in the first podcast, you talked about the, the prison doctor thing, I believe a little bit, but for people who, who may be new, give a little refresher on that. How did you end up in, in the prison system for that? Yes. This is a little challenge because I've, I've learned it's a lot easier to recycle content than to come up with new content. <laughs> so it was just the same jokes. And usually that works very well because like if people laugh at a joke, I keep it. If they don't, I discard it. <laughs> Except that like if people come back to hear me more than once, then they've heard all my jokes. But we'll, we'll try not to repeat ourselves too much. Yeah. I can't remember what I said in season one. I did used to work as a prison doctor. Mm -hmm. Shortly after I got out of school, I went into law teaching and got my medical license. And recruiters started calling me and I said, well, I have a, a day job, but I, I wouldn't mind doing some night and weekend work, a lot of student debt and whatnot, and keep my skills fresh. And they said, well, the only place you can do that's prison. And I said, well, I hadn't really given that much thought. And they said, well, it pays well, you make your own hours, and you're not to be nice to your patients. And I said, hmm, but uh, it was a wonderful job for the amount of time that I did it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have been a, a good permanent career choice for me, but it was very interesting. And I saw some cool stuff. And that was in California? That was in California. That was in McFarland, California, where Kevin Costner was filming at the time I was a prison doctor, a movie about coaching a bunch of um, students in high school to be track stars and to compete against better resource schools. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cover your bases. Yeah. Right. No, I dig that. And that so and, and so the reason I know you I don't, I don't know if I said but you were my professor I was yeah and here you are loving it yeah well and it was funny too because we just had the the graduation um, like our we're the COVID year yeah so so all of our crap got canceled and but you uh, were pretty much pieced a while ago because I had a class with you more than a year ago yeah first semester was that Wait. I think first semester of third year. Well, right, your mm -hmm. first semester of your third year, but was that mm -hmm. 2019 or 2020? 19. Right, that was a while ago. Yeah. Why are you graduating now? 
Uh, well, they pushed it to, oh, sorry. So I officially graduated then, but the ceremony is oh, like, yes, now we're right. doing it with the current year. Oh. Yes. So yeah. I graduated on time. I graduated on time. Right. Well, I guess I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> yeah, I did once. Yeah, anyway. um, <laughs> I actually graduated too this year. I got my PhD. So we could have walked together and I was giving you a hard time for not showing up to your graduation, but I didn't choke to mine either. And what was your PhD in? Law. Anything. So how does a PhD work? A PhD is like, you, do you have a, a particular research project and then you do that? Like I actually, that's pretty, I should know that. I was in university, but. Yeah, you were, yeah. you were. I don't know what goes into a PhD. But you basically described the whole thing. It's oh, okay. you expect. I mean, it's a little <laughs> different in the States than it is here, <laughs> but here, after undergraduate, you might do a master's. Most people do for a year or so. And during that time, you'd come up with like a research proposal mm -hmm. and then you'd apply into a PhD program and say, I want to study, you know, the law of chin-ups. <laughs> and um, if a school thought that that was worthy and you were a good candidate, you have three years on average-ish kind of to do your dissertation. Mm -hmm. That's it. In the States, it's usually longer, but you take coursework and you do work for other people. But in England, you pretty much do your thing. And they have a scheme here where for faculty members or staff members, as they call them, mm -hmm. if I'm on the staff and I do the equivalent of a dissertation, they just count it as a PhD. So I got oh. my PhD by publication. Okay. Which meant I was easier. Right. And why do a PhD? Because you have some degrees. I do have some <laughs> degrees. Well, why not? Um, I was doing it anyway. Okay, fair. So what was you that? Four degrees. Was that PhD the, the reasonable robot? It was. Okay, there it was. was. So I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that book okay. had his PhD thesis. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. So the so for for the listeners who have not heard the second episode. So the first episode was we talked about everything <laughs> we just talked about everything and then the the second one because i guess that would have been about Fall yeah last year it was probably about 20. yeah it was about nine months after the first one yeah something like that less than a year almost a year but less than a year and then the second podcast was primarily we went through the book so that was actually i think that was my first time going having an author on the show Cool. I'm pretty sure. Because the next episode, I had an author as well. I'm glad I could be the first. Yeah. I'm so setting I'm, a lot of firsts here. There we go. So I'm pretty sure that worked out. But the, yeah, so the reasonable robot, and that was, you were supposed to have a book launch for that as well. Well, it was. Probably like three times ago, I think. Yeah, yeah it's been rescheduled at least three times. But, you know, first world problems. And it's coming in October. Yeah. In October now. <laughs> and the book's going into Chinese and Portuguese. Wow. So it may be a foreign language launch or the second edition at that point. Right. So that's exciting. How did, I didn't know that. How does, how does, uh, does there anything special that goes on with, with having a book being translated into different languages? Mm, well, you have to find someone in a foreign country willing to publish the book in that language and willing to pay to translate it. Right. And I don't know, apparently I'm big in China and Brazil. Or they like robots. And I was going to say, because I feel like you've presented, I, I remember you saying, okay, one time after a lecture, so we're walking back home and, and you're walking, you like catch up with us and you're going past and you're carrying a, a suitcase or rolling a suitcase. Where are you going, Ryan? I'm going to Brazil for the weekend. I'll see you guys next week. Oh yeah, that seems very familiar. <laughs> I do like Brazil. 
Okay. Sadly, I may not get to go out there for a while because you're having a hard time, but mm -hmm. Brazil's pretty awesome. Okay. And, you know, every once in a while, someone from a country I wouldn't think has read the book has been like, I read your book. And I'm like, cool. And the thing with AI, and I guess maybe you can kind of get into that a little bit more, which is that it seems like, so you, you, you went, you got your education in the States, you got an education in the UK. Have you, uh, Got an education in any other country, just those two primarily? I think just those two primarily. Okay, so you got a couple of different jurisdictions for that, but the law that you research kind of is worldwide in the sense in, in some areas there's a bit of global kind of overlap, but maybe do you want to describe if that's correct or incorrect? Yeah, that sounds yeah, <laughs> right. I'm trying to set it up nice. And I'm you like, are, you yeah. are. You set it up, you're picking your words carefully. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I think, you know, the challenges that AI presents to businesses and society and lawmakers and lawyers are universal in some sense. And so the book and my research thinks about how the law should respond to that sort of thing and how society should respond to that sort of thing. So there are some differences in how the law treats a car running, a self-driving car running a pedestrian over in the US or the UK or Brazil or China or Germany. But you know, more or less the same sort of issues are at play. And law is in some areas fairly harmonized, like intellectual property. So, you know, patent law in China is not that different than patent law in the United States and the UK, although there are some differences. And so you, the, probably kind of gave it away, but the, the course that you teach is intellectual property. And so there's many levels of, or different facets to intellectual property, you have trademark, copyright, patents, is there anything else? There's the big ones. There's those are the big ones, yeah. There's other ones. Um, but those are kind of like the big three, I guess. And when it comes, so the, the area of law that you focus on, do you, when it comes to AI, are there questions of law in sort of each of those big three? Or is there, what are, what are kind of some of the, give the overview, I think. Okay, yeah. well, okay. yes. AI is doing all sorts of interesting things with IP, you know, in part because it's doing the sorts of things that only people used to do. And in part, just because it's much better at doing certain things or augmenting people and that's changing stuff too. So like with copyright, which would protect the content of your podcast, if, if someone used your podcast to make a deep fake of us, <laughs> or if someone used it to train an AI to recognize two people talking, or if um, you know the AI used the podcast to come up with some new podcast creation, does that stuff count as infringement? You know, that sort of thing would be infringement if you were doing it generally, you know, or with trademarks, you know, we have trademarks in part because they're like a problem solving device for people. You see an Apple phone and you're like, well, I, I know what I'm getting with an Apple, but if you're out having Siri buy stuff for you, maybe Siri isn't using trademarks the same way that people are. So that's kind of an interesting thing to think about or with patents. My favorite issue is uh, whether computers making patentable stuff is protectable. And so that's an exciting issue. And, uh, you know, in the past five years, people have really started talking about it and gotten interested in it. And I think one of the reasons for that is that AI has been doing that stuff for a long time, but it's getting to the point where it's, it's nearly commercially viable on a significant scale. So like with AI making creative stuff, it's been making music and writing articles for decades, but just terrible, terrible content. <laughs> and now the content's pretty mediocre. Like, um, uh, if you go to the OpenAI jukebox initiative, they have music that kind of sounds like Frank Sinatra saying it or like Lost Tapes of the 27 had a new Nirvana track. I was going around playing that for people for a while and seeing if they recognize it. And they, 
you know, it doesn't sound like Nirvana made. It's kind of flat and not so great, but it sounds a little like they made it. If you weren't really paying attention, it would kind of sound like they made it. And, you know, give it a few years. And then we're going to see who's going to go see your local band when an AI Kurt um, Cobain can make it a limited <laughs> amount of music. Well, with, uh, I know I've heard of like the, the hologram thing where they have like a hologram Michael Jackson, a hologram Tupac. That's a very cool holograph of Michael Jackson, by the way, at that show. I've never seen it, but well, that was a lot. I saw it a lot, I mean, a while ago, and that was the first holograph like that I'd seen, and I was like, wow. Really? It's like Michael Jackson's there on stage dancing. I mean, it was obvious it was a holograph, but I mean, it, it was good. It was very good. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that. No, it is. And you know, not only does that raise a whole bunch of questions about like in the UK performers rights or copyrights or licensing rights and you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, again, interesting, like for a young band, like if that sort of technology gets cheaper and easier to use and better, like every night that you want to go see a show, you could like pick between the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or Michael Jackson or Tupac in their prime or like, you know, me with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or AI just making totally cool new music we haven't even thought of. That's true. It kind of reminds me. Do you, do you watch Rick and Morty? Obviously. Okay, good. Do, uh, the one where <laughs> the one where uh, whichever episode it was, and they're um, with the with the heads. The big right. Heads. right, show, right. show us what you got. Yeah, the competition, and uh, yeah, you have to pick between those, and you got all the. I, actually, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, I probably that's probably a little too inappropriate. Stuff, but anyway, go well, on. Morty. It's great. Morty, Morty, Morty is great and appropriate. But um, you know, of all the moments you could have picked, I think that was probably one of the more PC ones. That was all right. Yeah, that one, I'm like, yeah, we'll just, I'll just chop it up there. But yeah, but no, no, no. science fiction writers, of which I guess Rick and Morty is also science fiction in addition to being yeah. comedy, have been way ahead of technologists in predicting this sort of stuff. Like some of that Asimov stuff is, you know, we're living through it. Yeah. I know, to total tangent, but one of the, this is probably about six months ago, and just kind of you talking about IP kind of got me thinking. But As it I, does. Uh, I, I, so I was in the process of potentially doing some, um, how am I, I'm going to try and say this without saying it, uh, doing some IP protection things, we'll say that. And so I was asking you for some advice about it. And you were very good. You're very, giving lots of great advice. And then, anyway, a few weeks, maybe a month goes by. And then I, I email you back and, and I go, yeah, so you know the money that I was going to use to file all these uh, IP things? I was like, yeah, I bought a hat instead. So I, uh, That's a good investment too. <laughs> you like the fellow with the flair at the, uh, the Euro game who had the $600 Louis Vuitton hat? Oh, no, my, my, it's Canadian. Oh, it's a Canadian hat. Canadian hat. Canadian hat. It's an expensive yeah. Canadian hat. It's a very nice hat. Have you lost the hat yet? I have it here. Uh, it, it, not here, but ah. in Guildford, yeah. Well, you should have worn that for the podcast. You know, I was thinking that, and then I'm like, I'm gonna, I got to get on a train with this thing. And I'm like, man, you don't want to. I'm like, with, with the sleeves and the, the full-color skull tattoo, I'm like, I'm drawing enough attention to myself on, yeah, on a train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I lost my favorite Panama hat on a train in Spain. <laughs> haven't quite been able to bring myself to replace it yet. I'll just lose it. Also, every nice pair of sunglasses I've ever had. Oh, you're one of those people. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I don't lose stuff that often. I just lose certain sorts of things, sunglasses and hats. How about glasses? Well, I couldn't see without glasses. So there's no chance I would ever lose them. Although once or twice I have been <laughs> briefly parted from them, but I've always eventually found the glasses. 
on a plane once, it fell in the crack of the seat, and I spent a very long time looking for it. I had a flight attendant come by to try and dismantle the seat. They're like, it's not in there. And I'm like, no, no, well, A, we've got like five more hours of flying. I need my glasses, and B, it has to be in there. And I, you know, just kind of stuck my fingers down enough and cracked, and eventually I managed to push the glasses out. It was a good moment, because it would have been a bad moment otherwise. It's a scary moment. It was a scary moment, yeah, you're without vision. Should probably have some backup classes. I have those are my lose. There you go. Yeah. I have to say it's so funny. Like, so okay, so like before doing this podcast, we're like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. We'll just kind of hang out and talk about stuff. And well, then you've got your very well. I, I'm, notes I'm making and, lots of you know, notes, clearly. Yeah. And, uh, you've been taking good notes. Oh, and it's, and no one wants to watch you take notes. <laughs> That's true. Mental notes. We're doing mental notes. We're doing mental notes. We're doing mental notes. And it was yeah. funny because I was even thinking, I'm like. I don't know. I mean, I think it's also funny too how we start the podcast off because before we start recording, you're like, "Oh, let's talk about the chess stuff." And just five minutes in, I'll talk about me, and then we we'll just we just turn it right back on you. So I got to give myself a little pat on the back. Yeah, you, you, you swap the script well. script really good. Well, I don't think I'm doing anything as interesting as 5400 pull-ups. I mean, I also like. I, I was expecting to see like. I guess I was expecting like insanely jacked giant arms, and they look pretty much. Like normal yeah. arms, like fit arms, but still not like not like you've been injecting steroids into them. Speaking of steroids, probably no one drug testing you for this. You know what's so funny? I was joking with my dad. I'm like, you know how much easier this challenge would be if I was just juiced? <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you get drug tested. I'm not on anything. I'm just 25. So I guess that's that's the, the, the testosterone levels. That's what I'm riding on. But uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It may be in the record. Check those records out. Yeah, just in case. Not, not. You might be doing some herbal supplements. Yeah. Questionable herbal supplements. Yeah, you know, it's like the yeah, the, the same stuff the UFC guys take. Yeah, you know, just that, yeah. stuff's good. It's, it's all legal. legal. I'm sure, it works. If it works for USC. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, but I know. Yeah, it's one of those things that you. It, it's funny too. Like the. Um, since we're back on it, we'll talk about it. We're, we're jumping all over the place, you know, with this podcast. Every, everyone else had like an agenda they were following while they're listening. And they're like, I, I was waiting and to get like, to the- where, where are we going? Yeah. You know, I want to go back to prison. <laughs> go ahead. Well, they do a lot of chin-ups in prison. They have a lot of time. I would imagine, yeah. That is a good, well, I always joke. I'm like, my workouts are prison workouts. They're, they're very bare bone type workouts. I, you know, cause like literally it's like weights, pull-ups, chin-ups push-ups it's all you know the classic kind of prison yard stuff but stuff's good for you apparently yeah so it kind of works out well but yeah i know the so with the um yeah as we're recording this it'll probably be or as this is uploaded the, the video probably will be out but um so i did a uh, I did a big workout and we did a 1275 workout so chin-ups and so the first thousand was body weight and that was good and then it was only supposed to be a thousand and then the night before i'm like yeah i got a couple ideas and so my producer i scared my producer because she was like what the hell are you doing so we finished the thousand and then we do 250 and we put a 25 pound vest on for the 250 and then we finished that and then i put a 45 plate on for 25 and reason I did that is because I'm going to be 25 years old when I break the record. So there's a little, uh, oh yeah, we're calling it. We're Taylor calling Swift it up. Like that. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah. So we're do, 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 do you do these chin-ups in a in a gym or a public space, or you do it at kind of your house? The the training, yeah. We we luckily my parents are cool and they let me build a second gym at the house. We, a second gym. We got a second gym. Yeah. So we cleared out. Yeah. So we cleared out a storage room. It's a big, big probably it's probably about as big as this room, to be honest with you. Maybe not that part, but this straight away. It's probably about as big as that. And um, that's that's like my chin up. That's my chin that, up that's the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah dungeon. It's the, dungeon. the shrine. Yeah, yeah. So we did that in there. And anyway, so with that that big workout, so we filmed a couple videos. We'll film the whole thing, and then my produce, my very talented producer, um, cut a couple videos for that. And so that will be released. We'll probably release it on the podcast Instagram. But I have two other Mysteria accounts. So maybe I'll plug those. So we got Mysteria Fitness. Ooh. We have Mysteria Studio Sessions, Ooh. which is a music channel that's nice. coming soon you have some and, AI music on that well it, it's it's my music it's uh, it's me and another another guy who's a much better guitar player than me that's the guy you want to be in a band with that's right so we're going to be doing some music stuff and that'll be up there and then of course you got the Mysteria podcast instagram account so you're like a brand we are we are yeah Do we is this the royal way this like is the, the, yeah it's like the royal way yeah. yeah yeah we're just doing it sweet you know so it's nice, but, and that's why it's good to have an IP guy. So I can that's right. ask that's questions right. and then not listen and go buy fashion accessories instead. I think that's a better investment. <laughs> I wish I'd seen the hat. I'll send you a picture. It is very nice. And, and so is, is the video of, of the produced video of you doing the pull-ups just kind of like you going like one, two, uh, I don't know, actually. Three. I mean, I, I it's been a few weeks since I've seen it, but it looks, I mean, my producer's amazing. So it's a very cool looking video. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So even though most of the time you're just- Even though most of the time it's the like most boring physical activity. Cause, cause you, you described it as do. like boredom and prison. Yeah. And I'm wondering <laughs> if a video of you doing it is somehow more interesting than you doing it. It's, you know, it's like an Avengers movie, right? There's not a whole lot of substance. So it's all just quick shots and CGI. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I got I to throw a dig a little bit. Can I say that? I can say that. Right? Throwing what? Throwing a dig at the Avengers. I think I, you I can, can say, say that. that. Why couldn't you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Marvel guy. No. No. Oh, you mean, can you be not a Marvel guy or is this like an IP question? No, I just mean like, can I say something sucks without getting in trouble? Yeah, as long as you're not sponsoring you. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You have any big corporate sponsors yet? I just lost this. I just lost Marvel. Yeah, no. And Damn Disney. it! Uh, they, they don't forget. Disney that's, doesn't. Disney doesn't forget. That's Marcus. my note. Watch yeah. out for. <laughs> yeah, there goes Disney. Call, call Disney back. Might want to post that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're kind of getting to the point where, because I get asked that too all the time. Like, what are you doing with the? Like, what are you doing with the podcast? That's a common one. That's always a really funny one because it kind of throws me off guard sometimes. I see like, it. I'm just putting them in my basement yeah, so like, one day I can watch them when I'm older. Pretty much, right? But it's like, I don't know, like, what, what do you do with a podcast? And then, then it also kind of hit me. I'm like, with the quarantine, there's there's a million podcasts. There, there, were, there were a million podcasts. And now with the quarantine, now there's like 10 million podcasts. But you were doing yours before. I was. This was not yeah. just a bored COVID exercise. No, no. This was like, I'm going to do this kind of thing. Yeah. So it just kind of, the timing, I guess, was... I think it worked out well. I mean, obviously the COVID thing's been miserable for a number of reasons, but I mean, for me, it kind of, it worked out nice in, in the sense that I, I got guests on the show that have said they never would have done it had they been, because they're just too busy. 
Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, people run out of Netflix stuff to watch. They got to go podcast hunting. So yeah. I, you know, more people are consuming content. You're mm -hmm. making creative content in three yeah. channels. In three channels. And it's all different, you know, which sure. is nice. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. I, keep I see busy. that. Yeah. You know, keeps, keeps me out of trouble, which is good. It's amazing how much you can do if you just cut the crap, like just all the, all the waste of time things that you do, if you just go, no. Like I'm not gonna sit there and watch four seasons of Rick and Morty back to back? I mean, I do that in the evening when well, I've done everything during the day. I mean, you can't cut Rick and Morty out completely. <laughs> That's right, can't do that, can't do that. But, I, you know, like even recently, I um, like I kind of deleted my Instagram, like my personal Instagram, like not just-, just Well, that, just is, get that is a huge it. time suck. And, it's, um, it's amazing. Well, one of the reasons I've never used Instagram. Also, I don't really want to know those things about people. Like, I don't care what you had for breakfast. Yeah. Or like you go out somewhere and people are just kind of sitting around like posing for pictures to put on Instagram. And... It's, it's so, and you know the funny thing, so I, I've never been a social media guy. I got a phone at 18 and my parents made me get a phone at 18 because um, I got into an accident. So then they're like, you need a phone now. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, yeah. So I, I caved, but, um, and then, I mean, I was pretty late to the party on, on all the social media stuff, but the, the Instagram thing, I mean, you're talking about someone who maybe would spend 15, 20 minutes a day on Instagram, which adds up, though. adds up, yeah. right? But I mean, lots of people my age are two, three, four hours on Instagram, yeah, which that's I, don't even, I don't even know how you do that. I mean, unless you're an influencer, unless it's your job, yeah, then, then I get it. And even then, I guess the term job is used pretty loosely. Well, I guess if they're making revenue from it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. If you're making Some people good make money. an awful lot of money on Instagram. They do, which is odd. It's just odd. Yeah. It is a little odd. They do a lot of work, though, to get there, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Though I don't know why you listen to those people telling you to buy crap. I guess I'm just jealous. I'm just criticized people who are more famous than me. Uh, I'm definitely <laughs> jealous. But then when I look at kind of how much work they had to do to get there, I, I don't think I have it in me to spend four hours on Instagram. No. I mean, if I knew there was the payoff at the end, I well, it depends on how big the payoff was. But yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think I could do that. Well, in the substance of your work too. I mean, it's it's like one of those things. Like when you're young, it's like, oh yeah, like I'm doing something, and then. But it's like when you're 40, are people like, did you really do anything? To like benefit the world other than bikini pics by the pool you know like i guess it kind of gets to the point where it's like i don't know is that some of my bikini pics i think you know have <laughs> lasting significance in fact, but, um, but yes i guess you wouldn't want to look back on your life and say like i took some pictures in a swimsuit yeah seems like you can do more i mean not to disparage that we right or people who are models right the world doesn't yeah. need models but you know like i have pictures on my instagram i don't know i guess that's my point i found my point I you guess it's because everybody could be a model. And it's like, well, so then it's like, because everybody has a phone and then everybody thinks, oh, well, I could, why can't I be a famous influencer? It's like, because you're not, you're not good at anything. Mm -hmm. That person's good at something. So they do it. Yeah, right. yeah. The filters can just make you good now. That's true. AI can make you good. So then does Instagram own the, the, uh, the filtered photos then because you're using their their tools for, for your, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But, but maybe by contract, they could do that. Yeah. yeah. 
don't know. I'm just angry. I, I'm, I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous. That's why I'm all cynical. But uh, it's okay. Yeah, Your so. time will come. Your time is coming. <laughs> yeah. And you get in the Guinness Book of World Record right next to you know Turkmenistan. There you go. Yeah. Better, Everything better, will better. happen from there. Yeah, I know. It's interesting, but that is impressive, anyway, though. I went on a. You know, of all the people who have ever lived, you will have done more chin-ups twenty-four hours than anyone else. And I will be awfully young as well for that. I would have thought that was a young man's game. No. Interesting. I'm pretty sure the, well, you can look it up right now. I mean, I can't remember, but he's British, the current guy. Have you met the current guy? You should have the current guy on the podcast. I was thinking after I smoke his record, then I'll maybe get him on the podcast. Well, now he's going to have to get this <laughs> Be like, so how does it feel? You know? Yeah. Um, 5,400 wasn't so bad at your age. You know? Yeah. But he, he's in his 40s. Hmm. And and he just recently broke it. So I think he's about 42 or 43. And the guy before that was an American guy. And he broke his own record, hmm. which was, I'm like, okay, you are, you're an animal. I mean, that, that's impressive. So if you do get over 5,400, how far are you going to go? You should just keep going. I don't know. I mean, I think you just kind of see how it goes then. I mean, the thing is, because once you break it, then it's like, okay, cool. And then it's like, you know, even to do... I mean, at the pace that you're doing, if you only go another 20 minutes, that's a hundred more. So, you know, you, you can, you can definitely can, do that. Yeah, you can go, you know, you can a hundred, 200, 300, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. If you get to 5,400, but it's 5,500. It, well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's 656, right? So yeah, indeed. We'll indeed. see what happens, but. Yeah, but even if someone later overtakes you, you will always be in there as the oh, person yeah. who is the best in the world. Yeah. And the thing that I've, like, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have considered actually getting some of those guys on the podcast or getting maybe different physical, like same idea, but different right, right, right. records. Well, once you get in, you'll be like, I'm a fellow record holder. Yeah, that's the thing. We're all, we're all buddies. There are some records. I mean, most chin-ups is, a re is, I think, a pretty legitimate record, but I think mm -hmm. there are some pretty weird records. In oh, the they're so frivolous. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The frivolous ones. Yeah. Yes. What's the most frivolous one you've seen? Like the nail one, longest, longest nails. nails. You're like, you're yeah. just gross. That's yeah. not a record. <laughs> I, I would not want that record. Like, like so I, I would take the chin up record. I would not want the nail no, record. No, no. no. Like, there's... congratulations, you're the grossest person in the world. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's got to be like longest unibrow and stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just so weird. Some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but you know, it's funny because the 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 age thing is kind of what threw me. Because a lot of people that, that, well, the people that know me are quite funny about it. Cause I mean, I don't really get asked about it anymore because it's been two years in the making. So I think people just move on and whatever. But um, it's like, oh, you're going to train for a few months and like, you'll be, you'll be ready. And it's like, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? No, nah. it's like. But, but under, the, under the skin where it otherwise looks pretty normal, like some disturbing thing has happened to your muscle fibers in there that they have like become fibers of steel. And oh yeah. Yeah, but it, it's just like... Ha, have you developed any other kind of super strengths as a result of this? Like if you punch something now, would you like punch through a wall? <laughs> I mean, or, or does it literally only work for a motion like this? My grip strength is pretty weird. So it's pretty freaky. Let's yeah. Let's, let's see the grip strength. How's that? Is that as hard as you can go? Not really, but... Okay, go hard. <laughs> Come on. It, it, was, it was pretty impressive you were like ramping up. Come on, Harder. You can do it, Martin. Ah, I'm scared. Do it, do it Harder. Come on. Now, I mean, this is now I'm self-conscious. Now I'm self-conscious. I can't do it. But um, yeah, it felt like you were holding yourself back. 
But I guess it didn't occur to me, you might actually, Herbie. Come on, come on, come on, man up, dude. But now I'm tired. Come on, no, you're tired from that. All right, we're gonna do this. Okay. That's pretty impressive. We'll stick with that. That's oh, about, that's about, that's about 80%. 80%. Yeah, I did again. Kind of, I, I felt you not, not hate I was a bit, I'm a bit scared. I, I was, was wondering what was going to happen to my fingers. <laughs> I won't lie. It's not the dumbest thing I've ever done, but in retrospect, it probably didn't serve a lot of useful purpose. I bet, though, if you were shaking someone's hand, you could probably. Yeah. Yeah. Make it unpleasant. I could. Yeah. You could if you wanted. You're not that kind of guy. I'm nice. I'm You're not nice. doing this I'm to break to, people's hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be nice, but. I mean, I'm just sort of wondering, do you put all that energy into a movement like this? I mean, I guess it's just like an uppercut. I mean, yeah. you probably uppercut someone pretty hard. I could, probably. Is yeah. there some other skill that comes of the pull-up ability? Or some, is there some practical application for a pull-up? I mean, just general fitness. Right. That's yeah. always just kind of just lifting things and moving things is always good, but specifically i don't know i mean i do mma you know i, I train mma right you know, trainer so or do i do i do right you, so uh are you competing <laughs> that's always funny too it's like how do you say how you describe you you, you train mma i guess that is because you don't play mma you play hockey you don't play mma well you, know, you train MMA. i used to do kendo and they would say play kendo which i always thought was a little weird but oh, I, that is weird i guess the reason they did that was to distinguish it from the actual fighting when back when right. people used to seriously do kendo it was we're either going to fight to the death or we're going to play kendo which yeah. they took very seriously but didn't involve the killing of each other there you go usually. so that's all right just stop just right. short yeah yeah so you do MMA. Yeah, I mean, I, I would distinguish between training for MMA, which people do for fitness, yeah. and like doing MMA as a as a yeah as an, a, um, a sparring fighting thingy mm -hmm. with fighting. I like saying I do MMA because it sounds grammatically incorrect, and it kind of makes me chuckle inside because it's such a clunky way of saying do it. MMA. I was going to say it was actually a pretty succinct, oh, an elegant way of saying it. Yeah, I like, do. I do MMA. MMA. I do. Like it's simple. Yeah, that's true. Omit needless words. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say something earlier than we went down the tangent. Oh, yeah, the age thing. The age thing. The right. Age thing. It yeah. psyched you out that you're 20 years younger than these other guys. Yeah. Which and I, I would think would just be helpful. Right. And and I think that that's the funny thing with that, when I get asked that, is like, what what's your theory on the age difference? Because it's that's dramatic. Like, we're talking 20-ish years. That's a pretty... and And at least three guys back which would be i think the so as far as i know it was the american guy and then he broke his own record and then now the british guy and the second record stuck for a while so that was a few years i think and he had that one so i guess we're talking three record holders in six or seven years say two record holders because the guy beating his own record i think he's still just one record holder. fair enough yeah so two guys and i think it was about seven years seven eight years don't quote me but i think that was from my understanding that was what it looked like maybe someone of your age just doesn't kind of have the motivation to pick this as a field to excel in it's someone in their 40s who's like you know what i need to do something with my life yeah and i'm gonna make it chin-ups that that's kind of what i thought that that's part of my theory so the, the one guy uh got out of prison so he's kind of troubled youth, sounded like, and kind of sounded like he was on drugs, you know, the usual story. Gets out of prison, gets all clean, does it. Okay, get, you get the motivation there, it makes sense. So then you do it again, okay, cool, got it. And then the most recent guy, um, again, I don't want to misquote it too badly because I mean, it's quite the accomplishment, but you can go look it up. 
Um, I believe a family member of his died in a skydiving accident, mm. something like that. And so then he did it to raise awareness for like safety, something or other for that. So I don't want to get into it because I don't want to mess up the details too much, but Fair you can go check that out. He did it for noble social purposes. Yes. He had a good kind of, you know, he had a thing he was doing and I'm going to do that. And, and then for me, it's like, what, what's your thing? And I'm like, I just want to do it. <laughs> I just want to do it. So are you going to go around after this? Like, are you sure you get a plaque? I think so. I'm sure you get a plaque. Yeah. You should get them to give you like a card or something so you yeah. can get around and show people. Yeah, like, right next look. to the diploma. <laughs> well, but I mean, the diploma is, <laughs> I mean, something, something, you know, where you can go to a bar and show someone. Yeah. Yeah. And that got, that has a little something, but yeah, it seems like the... If I did that, I think I'd just kind of wear it around my neck. Yeah. Just walk around with it like, yeah, that's right. World's, world's champion. Yeah, I, I did that. You can also probably lift people pretty easily. Yeah, I, yeah. Can you do like a one-hand lift of someone like in movies where they like grab you by the neck and go like that? I can if they're small enough. <laughs> it's not the weight, it's the, it's the height. Cause the, it's, it's the angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They do it in movies a lot, Marvel movies. I mean, I can bench people. I can do that. Yeah, that's that doesn't not too, seem hard. too hard. It's not that bad. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, there's the aim, but they do it in the movies. Yeah. Disney does it. Lifting people, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you should ask first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone else. As opposed to right, especially if you grab them by the neck to lift them. That's true. Yeah, like let me just choke you unconscious real quick. Don't worry, yeah. it's all part of the experiment. Yeah, you're not moving; it'll be easier yeah. to lift you. That's right. Yeah. The age difference. Yeah, pardon the interruption. We had a quick edit there. Um, yeah, the age difference. I, I think the other thing too, which you know, a, a challenge like that, it's it really is mental. Um, I know that's kind of like a cliche thing to say, but it really is. Um, it, you know, I think I kind of mentioned earlier, like if you can do 250, or you can do, you know, a few hundred, you can do a few thousand. Because uh, the principle is the same, right? And people will be like, oh, no, you can't. Well, yeah, you can, because that's how I did it. Because I couldn't do any when I started, right? Yeah, Relative, relatively speaking, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's nothing, right? Um, but it's just, a, you know, you'd be amazed what you can do if you just are determined to make mistakes and train hard and fail a lot of times. And, you know, if you're just willing to push and push and push and push, you, you know, you may not get a record, but in my case, I will, but you may get, you, you, you know, you're not going to win every single time, but if you keep going long enough, you'll get there. And you're doing that in several areas, including, you know, I was going to say business, well, podcast is a business. It's a business. It's a creative yeah. business. It is. It yeah. is. I mean, you're applying that same mindset to making creative content. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you took all the hours you put into um, into the chin-ups, and I do like the chin-ups as a goal. I mean, there's a lot of things you could have done, mm-hmm. and you chose the chin-ups. Mm-hmm. And it came at a pretty big price. You know, no, I, I mean, I've lost a lot of friendships, and you rub people the wrong way, and you don't hear from people, and you're alone a lot, and... And I basically went into a self-imposed isolation. So um, in 2020, uh, November, I moved home to Vancouver. And then I stayed there until, I guess, a few weeks ago when I was visiting out here for a little bit. Um, But between November and and now, uh, that was pretty much, I I literally saw three or four people other than my family during that whole time. Canada did have a pretty strict lockdown, though. We did, so it worked out nice. And I mean, I suppose if there was a time for kind of monk-like training and isolation, you picked the time. It was a good time. But yes, yeah. I mean, it has taken a toll. Oh, yeah, it does. 
So, you know, it's one of those things like you don't, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. You just kind of see, hey, we're on camera There's now. There's the video with yeah. like the CGI and the And line. you got to yes. see, yeah, I got the Iron Man blasters in the hands getting me up there, but. Um, but, but two years in the making, social isolation. Yeah, mental couple injuries. injuries. Yeah, those were uh, not chin up related, but just kind of shit happens. Injuries, just kind of weird random things that happen. and. I mean, I had a hand injury that took me out of commission for about three months. And yeah, that that's, that's devastating. Indeed. I mean, uh, you could have not been able to make it from that. Yeah. You know, Graham Miller. Sounds he, familiar. He's the head of, he's the dean of faculty arts and social sciences. He was an Olympic okay. class, or he was an Olympic judo wrestler. Mm -hmm. And he told me that right before the Olympics, he got injured and was no longer able to compete. So he yeah. never got to go to the Olympics. Yeah, I've had, um, well, Rachel Cliff, who was on the podcast, this is early, I changed the episode order, so I'm not sure, she was the 13th episode, which now is season, I think it's season two, early season two, but Rachel Cliff. It should be um, one if you're going into episode 30 and we're season, wait, anyway, go on. Yeah, it's the order got all messed up, but anyway, so, you know, she had a similar story, which was a track runner, Canadian track runner from Vancouver, and you know, just misses the cut for the Olympics and, you know, shit happens. And it's, that's why I say, you know, you can work for your goal and then you can get there. And um, it says, no, thanks. And shoots you, spits you back out and you're kind of screwed. And, you know, what do you do? But um, luckily for me, I don't have to rely on anybody. You know, I don't have to rely on an Olympic committee or, you know, it's just, well, you have just to me. The gimmick. Well, yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Mm -hmm. Although you do have to avoid severely injuring your hand. Yeah, yeah, which probably isn't gonna happen, but right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, it was a good thing you didn't join the the football going on in London then. Yeah, you know, exactly. Get in a fight with someone. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yourself. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually went to a concert on that Sunday with oh, uh, right. yeah a preview the guest Dave Bucket Cola. And did people show up despite the match? Yeah, it was outside, which was nice, and okay. people did show up. Yeah, it was a really nice. Great, I mean, great band, the Jones Gang. People mm. check them out. Great band, and Dave's an unbelievable guitar player. So it's always exciting to see a guy. Yeah, it's it's inspiring. Yeah, some guys are they're so good. Like I think the one guy who always makes me question being a you know picking up a guitar is always Joe Bonamassa because you go see him and he's just so good, and then it's like. Oh, I will never be as good as that guy. <laughs> See, that would be like me doing chin-ups and being like, you know what? I'm never going to get to Marcus levels because it would take too much. Even, but it's good to know that at this stage in my life, that on, on age, I am not precluded from attempting the world. That's, that's true. If I had made different life choices, I could take two years and self-isolate and yeah. really work on the chin-ups. You could do it. I could do, could it. do it. Yeah. I could do it. But it's like anything. It's like... Um, you know, I think, I think for me too, I was a very late bloomer in life, I think, just generally speaking. You're still pretty young. Yes, but I, I think, you know, like academically, I mean, you know, I did well, but not as good as I could have um, because you, and, and that's with everything. That's just like in life in general. It's just like, you, it took a little while for me to kind of figure it out. And that's then, okay. yeah, I and mean, it's all right. I mean, it's not like I, you know, it's not like you ruined anything. Like, it's just you, like, you didn't, you know. You're not in prison. You didn't kill anyone. No, You're no. only 26. Five. 25. See, yeah. there you go. Just so turned I mean, 25. Didn't take you that long to figure it out. No. Um, 
but it always amazes me, you know, to kind of see other, I mean, that's a dangerous game comparing yourself to other people, but, you know, just as an observational thing, not comparing, but just observing, it always amazes me, like, certain people who, you know, maybe academically are just, you know, because, you know, I mean, you're a professor, so you know who those kids are, and for me, the, you know, my peers, it's like to watch them just, like, crush it, but you're seeing one facet, and just because they're great academically doesn't mean, you know, maybe they're not as great athletically. If, if you put that you know? chin-up effort into your Surrey education, I'm sure you'd have had a first. Yeah, and I mean, I did in that third year. Oh, there you go. And don't they know they count your first year? No, they don't. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Except it starts you with bad habits because you're like, no one's counting this year, yeah. so I'm just going to not work that hard. It's yeah, And that is not a good system. And it messed me up a little bit. Oh yeah, that's what got me. It got me. Yeah, no, that did. second year was tough because mm -hmm. I, um, I kind of, I slipped a bit. You know, yeah. by my standards, I slipped a bit because you develop these habits in in second year or in first year, right? But yeah, and and, and universities are all in a downward race in that direction. Mm -hmm. We're gonna make it as least taxing as possible on you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know it does you any favors. But well, and for like I know for the was a number of Canadian listeners, so just kind of to clarify that. So the a three year degree, um, first year has no bearing on, so you take eight classes, eight courses, they have no effect on your final grade. So you can basically just pass, bare minimum pass through the whole thing and you just get a free shot. Yep. And then yep. second year is like 35%, I think. Is it 35 really? or 30? Mm. I don't know. Something like it's more or less. So like your third that. year gets most of the way. It is, yeah. I think it's like sixty or sixty-five, something like that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So the average of your eight classes in second year attributes, we'll say thirty-five. So you can check that. Thirty-five yeah, so percent, and then you got a first and the most important year, but you just yeah. got a two-one because you didn't quite get that. Second yeah. Year. So you know, you kind of yeah, you're just hanging on there. But yeah, it's a, it's an odd. It is odd. Like I don't really understand the the mentality behind that because I mean, for you, I mean, that's why like. We'll, we'll tell a good story. Oh, so right. for the, um, you you may or may not remember, but the- um, Almost certainly not. Probably not. But the, um, it, it's like a Q&A for the finals, the summatives. So we do a Q&A with the lecturers like a month before the oh, finals right. or something, that. that disastrous idea. And anyway, you can, you go and you ask your, at the time it's four, and you ask your four lecturers like, Basically, you can ask them any stupid ass question oh, yeah. about the finals, and and you you kind of answer them. And, and I remember with you know with the group of us, and we're all laughing because it's like you were the only American on the panel at the time for that semester. And actually, no, that's not true. There was a couple other ones, but the only one I had. And I was laughing, and I'm like, "What are you going to ask this guy? Because you went to University of the States. What? That's a lot more hard knocks." Then, like, could you imagine going to, you know, Harvard or UCLA and being like, hey, can you just quickly tell me what's going to be on the final? And yes. then they tell you. Yeah, like, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's, um, no, they're not going to tell you. Yeah. Study is what you do. Well, you know, I mean, it, it is right. Right. They would. But, you know, so we've got this thing called NSS score, which mm. you will have heard of. Right. And this is this is student satisfaction and it in large part determines the ranking of the university in the U in the UK and the funding they get. Mm -hmm. And well, I mean, the funding's a little more complicated, but let's just say the ranking, several rankings are pretty much just student satisfaction scores and university administrators care about nothing as much as their rankings and their money, <laughs> you know, but it's clear that if you want people to like something, you make it easier 
and you make it easier. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so this does, you know, people don't like being challenged and it's made things easier. And, you know, even in the five years I've been here, it's gone easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Like PowerPoints are online, lectures are streamed and online. You never have to come into class. You never have to answer a question. You don't even have to have your screen on. You don't have to do any reading. Mm -hmm. I mean, frankly, you could just show up and wing my final and I think get a first if you read the old finals, looked at the answers to that. And, you know, mine's one of the harder ones. So, yeah, but, you know, I'm an old crotchety professor. So, <clears throat> which confused me because I, to, you know, to my credit, I got the, my, my best grade, I think, was your class. Oh, nice. Like in third year. Yeah. Well done. It was a good one. Well done. Yeah. yeah. And that was a funny thing, too. It was like everybody came out of that exam going, holy shit. And I, I came out going like, what did you think was going to be on the exam? Like I, it was. I told everyone it would be like my last exams. They're all posted online. Yeah. Everyone asked me every question is going to be on the exam. And it's like, well, you know, there's a copyright question. And yeah. A, and a, maybe a passing off and a patent. Yeah. And a, yeah. a trademark yeah. question. No, it's, it's not that. You know, because I think it's what, six questions in total? There are a number of students that every year who I realize by the final haven't done any reading. Yeah. And they will come to class, but they won't, they'll be like on Bumble or Hinge or whatever. <laughs> or like Discord now. Yeah. Which is, I guess, fine, but I don't even know why they bother to come. Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. I know. It's anyway. just one of those things. Yeah. Crotchety, crotchety old me. Making it easier for, for students, but I, I don't ever, um, I just don't understand why you would want to do that because you're, you're not really preparing, you're not preparing nobody for adversity. By making it easy for them in, in that level. Not like you have to make it insurmountably right. Not that it has to be chin-up level, but yeah. I mean if you take your chin-up fortitude and you apply it to another area, think how successful you're going to be. It's gonna be crazy successful. It's gonna be crazy successful. Not that many people can muster that much focus mm -hmm. and fortitude. And you know, it took time. Oh yeah. You know, for me, like when I started, I wasn't great. You but, know, that's the thing. Like I, I think the the nice thing is from like doing a real deep dive on psychology and sports psychology and performance, it applies everywhere. It applies, I applied it academically. I've applied it in my personal life. It works everywhere. It's theoretical. These are transferable skill sets. Exactly. So you just kind of have to look at it in that way, which is I think kind of the only way to look at it because it's really beneficial and practical. And when you're starting your own business, which this being yours, I mean, no one else is going to do this for you. So. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you can get a job working at Sainsbury's and just slide by, mm -hmm. you know, so it's just kind of, what do you want to, um, what do you want to aim for? And then what are you willing to do to get there? Because if you, if you've never achieved at a particular level, but you want to, so your, your target is, is high. You have to do things that you've never done before. Together. Yes. Yes. We've all had you know? to do dark things to get where we are today. You almost <laughs> crushed my fingers. <laughs> But you wouldn't quite go there. No, Not yet. No, yet. no. But someday when it's the difference between the title, you're going to, you know, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll break them right off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I suppose if you were speaking that hard and twisted, nothing good would have happened. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. But that part, it always gets me. It's, it's interesting. Like the, um, it's like, how do you do it? Well, I don't know. Are you, are you willing to stay up late and to do things when you don't want to? Are you willing to wake up early? Are you willing to do things? Most of the workouts I do, I don't want to do. Well, yes, who would want to do that? No one. <laughs> no one. I don't. <laughs> but it's just, it's the same thing. You want to pick up that book. Well, okay, you got an exam coming up. Well, what are you going to do? You, you want to do well. Okay, well, you kind of have to pick up the book and read it and engage in it. And yes, yes, yes. You know, you can't be passive. You actually have to participate. And 
you know, the, the most interesting thing is applying the lessons personally with like relationships. That's always very interesting because it, it's, it's way more finesse when, when it comes to dealing with other people, because depending, the thing with other people is that you kind of have to adjust to them too. So if someone, you know, family or friends or whoever, you, you know, maybe the direct approach may not be the best approach with them, but for you on your own, it's a, extremely efficient so that's been a bit of a learning curve too well maybe less of a learning curve if you picked a team-based sport that's true because then you would have had to work in those interpersonal dynamics that's true yeah yeah i have done i i mean i've played well not lately because of covid but hockey has always been soccer and hockey then i, I still play and, but the thing with that is i don't know how good of a teammate i am I always kind of question that because I'm very intense for the group. Right, right, right. <laughs> I tend to rub people the wrong way. Well, you have to be in like, well, you have to, well, well, right. That sort of attitude would work in a professional team. That's right. Right. Yeah, right, I'd right. fit right in with them. Right, yeah. right, right. At least mentally, but hopefully. But uh, yeah, I know. But when it comes to performance, it's just a matter of, well, and I mean, you would know. I mean, you, you, you've had quite the academic career. I mean, it's not like a... I mean, your book, the most recent one, I mean, that was a tremendous amount of work. I mean, the book you, was a lot of work. You understand that. Yeah, yeah. It was, a lot. It was about two years, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sacrifices. Had two kids during the time. Just play with the kid or work on the book. A little about that in there. So let me ask you, because I always get asked this, too. How do you do the balance, the work-life balance? Oh, terrible. Yeah. I have a terrible work-life balance. I just work all the time. Yeah. 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 And I haven't <laughs> exercised in years. But one day, one day. I'm one day. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, vicariously. Vicariously. I'm just kind of getting buffer sitting next to you. Um, yeah. It's hard with two small children. They're very, they're very time intensive. When they get a little bigger, they, they get less time intensive. Yeah. Yeah, that night was also funny that we had that because people were drinking and, and one of the other <laughs> lecturers came up to me and and there was a picture of me at my book launch. Did you go to my book? No, not my book launch, my uh, inaugural lecture. Did you go to that? I did not. Okay. I think that was in, was that in, might have been in first year for me. It might have been in your first yeah. year. Yes. I, it was, I found out after. So when they make you yeah. a professor, you, you, you like have to or get to do an inaugural lecture, which is okay. like you're coming so, yeah. out to the world as a professor. And, you don't have to, but I chose to. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And my dad came and my eldest daughter, Charlotte, who you've now met, came, but she was, ooh, nine then? Maybe 10, nine or 10, maybe 10. And one of the lecturers came up and she looked 10. She's like, can I, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, okay. She's like, is that your wife? She pointed at my 10-year-old daughter who, who, looked, who looked like a 10-year-old daughter. <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, it's my daughter. <laughs> and actually in London, in London she was not what she, she was not infrequently well, I mean not frequently but more than once she was asked if she was my partner that is so weird it's pretty weird that is so weird it's pretty weird oh pretty my. Weird. you can tell my colleague had obviously been thinking about this for a long time but was like waiting <laughs> yes to ask the I'm gonna ask this now now that I've had enough to drink and he's he's had something to drink I'm finally gonna pop this question yeah it was, it was pretty weird you know, it always gets me with that. Can't you tell by um, body language? Can you tell? You can kind of tell if someone is in a relationship with someone by watching them for long enough, can't you? Well, everyone in the picture was just standing next to each other. 
I okay. mean, like, you know, but, but if you're thinking about it for a while, wouldn't you be right, like, you know, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and, you know particularly in England, you know, people are a little less affectionate with body language here. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, not, not as not as snugly as Canadians in America. <laughs> um, yeah, that was weird. That just what, popped in there. What do you do as a, as, a, as a dad? What do you what do you do to that? You're just like, what? Like, no, that, that was just damn weird. You just kind of do you just sort of let it go, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, what else was he gonna do about it? But but I said it was damn weird. And even multiples there? Yeah. Yeah. So when you go out with your wife, do they ask you if that's your daughter? <laughs> well, you'd think. You'd think. Is that yeah. is that the logic? Is that how that works? <laughs> well, I, I I was thinking that actually I made a dinner reservation for our anniversary and I canceled it because she ended up having a conflict. But I was thinking of bringing my daughter because I had a reservation and I was thinking they would probably think it's her anniversary here. <laughs> Which is still weird, but you know, I don't know. What else can I say about that? It's weird. That's a good would you rather question. Would you rather people mistake your daughter for your wife or your wife for your daughter? Mm. <laughs> I think they're both equally uncomfortable. <laughs> no one has ever mistaken my wife for my daughter, but they have mistaken her and her eldest daughter for sisters. And, okay. and my wife and her mother as sisters. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's all they right. have good genetics. Yeah, that's yeah, more yeah. of a compliment. That's more of a compliment, but it was a legitimate. It was a legitimate question. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that. That was the. Uh, that was that Q and A night. That was a Q and A night. Oh, that's funny. Man, that was a. We my like my, my friend group. We still talk about that night. It Why? was hilarious. What was hilarious? Because we were just making fun of all the stupid questions people were asking. People were literally asking what question will be on the exam. And they ask that because there's people who tell them. So I don't blame the students. But it's like, even ask that. Can't yeah. you just be like, no. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Just like, even if you want, we all want to know. Would I like to know what's on the exam? Yeah, sure, but am I going to ask it? <laughs> no, people ask okay. it all the time, all the time. And in the days leading up to the final, and no matter how many times I tell people I'm not going to answer that question, they, they just keep asking that question. Yeah, no. And that's a new thing. Or new, it's it, kind of it, going it's, in that direction. Yeah, it's getting much, much, much worse. Is that other institutions too? Like not just because well, you know, yeah, I, mean, I think probably so. I you know, we complain about this a lot. And one of my colleagues who taught undergrads at an Ivy League school said, "Oh, it's they make that there too." Parents will call me. Oh my God! Yeah. What? Yeah. College. Parents will call in Parents college. Parents will call with complaints about grades. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, that doesn't work. But they will do it. If my parents did that, you'd never see me again. I'd be, no, no, I'd be I, so embarrassed. I would never set foot in that classroom ever again. Yeah, yeah. But my parents wouldn't do that because they're not nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're normal human beings. Yeah. That yeah. is, I, I'm actually really shocked at that. I never would have guessed that. I, I, I was surprised to hear that too a little bit, you know? I mean, not that surprised. And, you know, I don't feel like it has been, but it has been a lot. I mean, it's been 20 years since I was there, so. And I guess things change. If you tried that with one of your professors, what would they do? Oh, back then? Oh, yeah, they would have blown it off. Do they, I mean, they, the same thing I do. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's challenging because for people who need promotions, like complaints about people can be used against them. So they're, they're in a weird place when, you know, some students are pretty aggressive about it. Some students have figured out who needs a promotion and who doesn't and who might be vulnerable to a complaint and who wouldn't. And administrators, sometimes we're looking for excuses to give people a hard time. So, you know, you have to be careful about upsetting students if you're not a professor. That seems like just, that's just bullshit. Yeah, it is. Straight up. Plus, they, they pay, if you're not a professor, they don't pay you that much. Right. 
And if you're not like a professor track person, they really don't pay you that much. Mm -hmm. Now in the UK, does I probably should know this, but I don't. Uh, tenure. They don't have tenure. Margaret no. Thatcher's government did away with it. Okay. So is it what, what's the deal with that? You basically still have tenure. They just don't call it tenure. Okay. It's kind of like uh you have a rule sort of thing. You have a permanent contract and it's very hard to get rid of you. Oh, even okay. harder than it is, I am told in the States. Uh, sorry, harder here than in the harder here than okay, the States. Okay. Pretty hard in the States too, though. That's interesting then. Yeah. Yeah. Canada, yeah, I don't know. I mean it's it, it's probably kind of like somewhere in between, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't really know, but yeah, that's really odd. That's one of those things that put you in a tough, yeah, it puts you in a tough bind. Right, for sure. In a tough bind, yeah. It's almost enough to make you not want to do the whole enterprise. But I mean, what's yeah. the other alternative? Get a real job? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I know. That kind of, yeah, that idea with, with asking that. I don't know. I, I just don't even. I just don't even understand the. It's, like, it's also just kind of poor form. Even if you might get the answer out of someone. Yeah. Like it seems a little embarrassing to be like, "Can you just tell me what's on the exam?" That's because they don't want to bother to study for it. It's or incredibly like, embarrassing. materials. Yeah, it's awful. I can't yeah. even imagine. Like, I figure if I ask that and then you walk away, I'd be like, "My prof thinks I'm an absolute dummy." Like, you know, I mean, you know, you've really cut the swearing down on the podcast. <laughs> Shit. Oh, no, they're on to me. Yeah. 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 No, we, we There's just a bunch of swears on that. Page. I know. I'm, I'm writing down. It's just very aggressive, like getting all my anger out. I'll write that. Put another bullet down. Yeah, that's else, right. But... Also, getting you out of the Disney good graces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? Mm. I'm going for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we haven't talked about my AI case. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, on. you did mention that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, new case, old case, old case, stage? old case. Well, yeah. the case has been going on for a while. So, I mean, your your people who've heard this before may be bored, but we'll just bore them. Mm -hmm. um, AI makes an invention. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's that's kind of a loaded term. There were people involved in it, but no one who traditionally qualifies as an inventor. Not clear whether that sort of thing can get a patent or not. Because historically, only people have been inventors, and you need to have an inventor, maybe, probably, and then who would own the thing? On the other hand, like, we're getting AI to make music that's going to be good soon. And do we want that sort of thing to have copyright protection, or should anyone just be able to use it once it's been released? And that makes a difference, because if it can have protection, big companies are going to invest in sophisticated AI systems to make that sort of good music for movies or games or whatever. You know, so likewise with inventive machines, if we want, you know, Siemens and Novartis and Google and IBM to make inventive machines that can cure COVID and do all sorts of stuff, you know, do we want to encourage that or do we not want to? And so we filed the first two patent applications for patents made by a machine invention or made by, you know, inventions made by a machine. And um, these patents have been rejected from the US, the UK, Europe, Germany, and Australia right now. <laughs> and we are, but you know, that was patent offices and all of these cases are in court right now. And one of the reasons I'm in London is to advocate at the court of appeals later this month to explain why it is we should get a patent. But I think that we will get patents this year somewhere. And I think that the tide may change on this well, in a worst case scenario, it has been successful at kind of raising a conversation about AI's impact on the law and what we need to be doing. And maybe some of it's open for lawmakers to change. 
But I do think some jurisdictions have laws that are, are more flexible than this. So I will be in part responsible for the first patent granted to someone for an invention made by an AI, hopefully, which is not quite as impressive as your Guinness Book World Brook thing, but it is a world's first. It's pretty cool. It's pretty it, cool. It, it is a footnote now in, in patent textbooks, you know, like, oh, and then there's this thing. Well, that's pretty cool, actually. You know? That's not bad. Yeah, I've, I've, ma I've made one of my IP lectures about it because, you know, IP. Yeah. Yeah. And so are, are there, so obviously, I, mean, I guess you kind of said it, but there's, this is um, how we say, what's the term? Escaping me. It's escaping you? Yeah. It's the first of its kind. It is the first yeah. of its kind. It's definitely the first of its kind. There's a legal word for that. Am I, what am I, I'm forgetting. Um, I'm forgetting precedent? the vocabulary. Maybe precedent? I guess so, maybe. Yeah. There's no precedent for this. There is no precedent. For there we this. go. That's I right. guess that's fine. That's right. Yeah. 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 Or, or it's a, uh, it's a, uh, oh, nuts. Yeah, so you, I, I gave but it to you. you. Could, you, you can give it to me. <laughs> yeah, I gave it to you too. Like with go. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I've really forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it was cool for the, the Court of Appeal. So this will be the first time that I am advocating in a court in the UK. Oh, okay. Well, I did actually at the High Court. So, but this that was virtual and sure. it was a little bit different there. So when the Court of Appeal is like super, have you been there? I have not been there. You can no. just walk in. Yeah. You should go check it out. It's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a few buildings. One's on, on Fleet Street. Um, cool building. Anyway, but I had to get right like, I had to get a robe <laughs> and I had oh, to right. get, yeah, yeah. I had to get a shirt with like a special collar and I had to get things that go down like yeah, that. The, the ribbon looking thing. Yeah, yeah, they're called something, bands. I think they're called bands or stripes, bands or stripes. And I asked people who are like, where do you go for this? And they're like, Ede and Ravenscroft. Oh yeah, that's for the, the I think our grad gowns are from there too or really? something, I think. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I lost a lot of respect for J.K. Rowling after coming to this country when like having learned about the Oxbridge system, like that's kind of the Hogwarts schools. <laughs> And then, like, I go to the store that's Ravenscroft instead of Ravensclaw. Yeah. And it looks like Ollivander's wand shop. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, ah, oh, this is where she got all that stuff from. Um, except, you know, like, so a solicitor can advocate by becoming a solicitor advocate, which I did, which takes like three days and it's not a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Or you can be a barrister who's going to professionally advocate. Everyone wants the barristers. Yeah. But, you know, solicitors can do it, at least legally. But, Solicitors get like this sad little corner of the shop where like you can get the solicitor robe and the solicitor bands and the shirt. But then there are like all these cool areas for barristers with these ridiculous accoutrements. Um, and they're like, you can't go over there. Um, and, I got the velvet rope. And you know, there, there's a silk in the back getting fitted for something Ooh, very right. special. There you go. So I, I didn't get to do that. And they get the wigs. Yeah. Although, you know, having seen the wigs in action in court, I was less impressed than I thought I would be. I hate the wigs. Well, I don't, I would never want to wear the wig more than once, but I did rather want to wear the wig once. Okay. Yeah. And I was also under the impression that they only got to wear them in criminal matters, but they wear them in the court of appeals. So, okay. so I, you know, this was like, I'd, ha I'd have to become a barrister to wear the wig or a judge to become a judge and wear the wig that way. Mm -hmm. No judges are mostly barristers. I don't think I'm like that. Right. Makes but, sense. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll probably never get to wear that wig. Do you do much advocating in the, in the States? I do. Yeah. You know, I do more there. No wigs there. Right. Yeah. Right. But we have fancy suits. Fancy suits. Fancy yeah. suits. Yes. Yes. And uh, we had a, a team representing us on a case in Australia. This was okay. a big law firm which got a QC, which is like a senior barrister to represent us. And 
And in reading their pleadings and in watching their advocacy, I'm like, those people are all much better than I am at doing this. But, you know, there's a reason they charge as much as they do. Right. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? They got stuff out of like Blackstone's 12th edition to talk about the fundamental tenets of property law. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm totally taking this stuff with me back to the UK. <laughs> that's going right. That's, that's like, uh, can you guys write my US brief and the UK one too? That's and, right. That, that would be nice. Well, I mean, that must be cool for you too, just to kind of work with, with like really good people too. Like it is. Really skill. It is. It is good. I've worked with, uh, on this case, a lot of really good people. And over my career, I've worked with really good people and really bad people. And you would also be surprised how many really bad lawyers there are. Mm -hmm. There's just some really bad lawyers. And bad in which sense? In well, like get into court and like don't know the facts of their case or can't speak coherently about a case or, you know, can't make arguments or contradict themselves. And it's almost painful to watch sometimes kind of how poor advocacy can be done. And surprising, like the students who ask, will you tell me what's on the exam, right? I mean, add 20, 30 years to that. And, they know, gotta go somewhere. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. Um, yeah. So so that case is cool. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's going on. Yeah. Speaking of advocacy, uh, the luckily there's a lot of very talented, mean, from Vancouver, there's a lot of very good lawyers in Vancouver. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of bad ones. I haven't seen them, but I've seen seen the good ones excellent ones and one guy in particular i mean you, you're watching him and uh it was the most boring content it was uh an evidentiary hearing and it was about photos so okay, I, well, actually it's kind of interesting so photos taken on an iphone you have the live function on mm -hmm. it okay well that's a video now right so you take a photo, but it's it's a one second video or right, right. one point five second video. Well, a photo, there's many frames within the video where you can pull a photo, and I guess this hasn't really happened in a court. So that was the that was that was the whole thing that was going on. Interesting. And I guess the the, the prosecution wanted to put the photos in photos. And then the defense was like, hang on a second, that's not a photo, that's video. And there's different rules, I guess, for that. So it was two yeah, days clever. of that. Yeah. And I guess it was important because the defendants were on camera, photographed, mm -hmm. committing the things that they were accused of committing. Yes, yes, you would <laughs> so not want those admitted. It was very, yeah, it was very important. So. And you, you saw this for a class or you just showed up? No, nope, it was, uh, I was shadowing a guy, shadowing, uh -huh. shadowing the lawyer. So Because you're a lawyer now. Sort of. Sort of. I have a law degree now. Right. Have you, are you doing pupillage? In, in so I'm converting the degree to a Canadian degree. How do you so, do that? Uh, you got to pass five, six exams. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Equivalency exams. And you just do that. And then. That doesn't sound so bad. It's not. It's actually not. Yeah, it really isn't. It's just a bit dry. But then you have to do the pupillage. Then you do that. Yeah. And then that's when you, you're actually doing what you do. Right. Which right, is right. good. And hopefully they don't mind taking someone with an English law degree, but, but people are impressed by English law. Well, and it's Commonwealth. So it's transferable. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 I mean, it may be a, a disadvantage in the sense, like if you go against someone who went to UBC and they have better grades or, or their grades are about the same as me, maybe you'll favor the the, the local degree, but then again, maybe yeah. you go, well, you get some credit for going away and you know, you gotta- Yeah, you have different stuff. experience yeah. than we have. Yeah, you know. there, there's challenges there, so maybe yeah. it works out for you, but either way, I think you just make yourself as marketable as and hireable as possible. I put that chin up thing like right at the top right of the front. Right at the front, yeah, 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 exactly. 
but anyway, with, with that guy, um, so it was like two days of that, two full days. Yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm going to do that for a job. It was unbelievable. Better. So, I mean, I, I don't like suits. I've never really found that show that appealing, but everybody raves about how good it is. This guy makes, like, you could have filmed this guy and put him on a, on a Netflix show and it would have been unbelievable. Nice. Better, better than anything you could watch. Nice. So he, he's very impressive. It's scary, you know. And All right, you're going to have to introduce me to that guy. That's right, yeah. I, I didn't like Suits because it was so preposterous and yeah, inaccurate. It's so, I just I couldn't yeah, watch it. it's so crazy. Whereas when I watched Grey's Anatomy, it was so, I watched like the first episode and I'm like, that's exactly what it's like, except everyone's better looking. And, and as a result, as a result, why would I want to watch that? Because it was bad enough doing it. And, and there it is being done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, did you ever hear of a TV show called Boston Legal? I've heard of Boston League, which is an older show. Yeah, so that'd be kind of, I mean, that, that was like early 2000s, um, I guess, at this point. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so. I did never watch that, but I'm aware of it. Very good. And anyway, that was the show that I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Uh. I'm going to do that. Yeah. So James Spader's character, uh, Alan Shore, who's the lawyer. And I'm like, I want to be him. I want to be that guy. So you're doing that and all the mysterious stuff, like yeah. just all of it. Yeah, so I mean, you're kind of plugging away and, you know, hopefully something's interesting. I mean, I think with the podcast too, it's nice because, you know, it, I always get the question too. It's like, you know, what, um, what, what's the theme of your, your podcast or whatever? And I'm like, theme? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know, people who are like way smarter than me and I get to talk to them. That's pretty much the idea. An exploration of life. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the, the website says eclectic conversations. I like eclectic. You've given this more thought than the, the, the second. I'd give it a <laughs> I, I like eclectic conversations. Yeah. You do have an eclectic mix on there. But I mean, mm -hmm. you learn things speaking to people in different walks of life. You do. And, th and that's what's amazing is, is, and I mean, you know, the people that I've had, I mean, you know, even sitting here with you is like, okay, holy shit. That's awesome. That's great. And it's like, you look at the, you look at the list of guests and then you look at me and it's just funny, like, and this is my perspective, right? So I'm, I'm in it. You're not doing too shabby, Marcus. You're on the list. You're definitely on the list. In fact, once you get to the 5400 bullet mark, think of all the podcasts that are going to want to have you on it. You're going to have to be there pitching your own podcast. There you go. You'd be like, no, no, I won't join your podcast, but you could join mine. We do a co-podcast. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and the nice thing about, I mean, I guess I can pat myself a little bit on the back, which is, you know, you kind of, I mean, I think, everything through i mean i'm i'm okay maybe getting a little too cocky but i'm i'm very thinking i'm very much okay if i do this can we do this can we you know so you project you plan you kind of okay you kind of figure out you kind of you do your mind maps or whatever right mentally and um i think that the nice thing is that with the especially with the chin-ups i mean there's a million reasons why i'm doing it i mean okay there's like four but that's, that's a plurality of reasons yeah, still. But, you know, and, and one of the reasons is, well, if I'm going to have people just from the podcast, let's just say from one specific perspective, look at it from that. So you have a podcast and you want to talk to interesting people. That's the premise, right? Okay. Well, <clears throat> generally I have found that if you reach out to people saying, I like what you do, I want to hear more. A lot of the time they'll say, yeah, they'll be yeah. cool with that. Now, maybe you can add another element to that. That's great, but how can you make that better? 
Well, what if you make yourself interesting so that not only are they happy to talk about themselves and their work or whatever it may be, but now they're interested in you as well, because you're not some nobody. You at least kind of have a little something to your name. And it goes, okay, well, maybe I want to talk to you. Maybe it'll be easier for me to get athletes on the show after the fact. Maybe that works out. No, I think that's right. You know, so there's, I, I think that the good thing with, with people, like just as far as, and so far as I'm qualified to give advice, I don't like saying that, but I mean, it's just perspective. You are going to be a lawyer soon. That's true. You got to do a little bit of that. So, I mean, I think you have to find what you're good at and what you're passionate about. And then not only that, but how can you make it more interesting for other people too? Because if that's your goal, if your goal is to kind of do something in the public sphere, whatever that is, is very, very broad. You know, you want to make yourself as interesting as possible. And so why not do that? That's a good unintended consequence of that. Now for me doing the chin-up thing, it's, you know. Yeah, you've, all, you've almost talked me into doing some chin-ups here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, chin I'm getting you there. I'm getting you there. I'm, I'm inching you towards it. But, you know, why not? Why not do that? You know? I mean, I think it's also maybe a little bit unfair to expect people to just come for their own reason. I think it's good to be like, well, hey, maybe I can offer you a little something too. I mean, that's always, you get the reciprocity going and that's a nice little touch too, which people tend to respond positively to. And so, I don't know. I, I too have found, well, I think that's all right. And also have found that, you know, even high profile people often respond and mm -hmm. you know are willing to engage with you if you ask the right way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, and even with, with this, I mean, I've been very, I mean, with um, uh, one guest in particular, I mean, I, uh, with Paul Guerin, I can say him, I had one. Paul Guerin, um, who's a guitarist for the, for the Choir Boys, a great, one of my favorite bands ever. Nice. And he was a cold message. Nice. He was a cold message. And, and, and then the funny thing, and then it took like eight months to get him on the show. But you got him. Which actually, Perseverance. you know, happens all the time. That happens all the time. But it I takes mean, like eight months? Takes many months. Many People months. are busy. People are busy. And also it's kind of like, well, you know, you, you kind of, if you're, and I think it's reasonable. If you're, if you're expecting people to take time out of their day to, you know, hang out with you. Yeah. yeah. Work to their schedule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. To theirs. And so there's been many, many times where it's like, holy shit, we're doing, you know, crazy adjustments on the fly and, and in order to accommodate, but I mean, nothing to complain about. It's just, you know, you, just things that you would never expect skills you would never expect to need. And then you get into a particular area and then it's like, Oh, look, I gotta do this. And I gotta do that. And, so it really pushes you. It's 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 exciting. It's always exciting. So there's always new things to do and new things to work with. I mean, even coming here, I like I had to come to your place. That's right. Never done it that. Worked before. out. Worked out fine. Worked out good. You know. But I've never had to do that before. And it's like you're like you feel a little uncomfortable going over there. I may never come out. <laughs> I've got yeah. I've got a buddy system. You know, there my, you go. my mom's gonna call in two and a half hours if I don't pick up. <laughs> yeah. So that works out okay. But I don't know. I mean, I guess. We've got maybe five minutes, but hmm. anything you want to touch on? Is there anything, anything of, of interest to you? This was fast. That went by quick. I say that every time, but I know between, I, I, I figured. Is there like, some guest you're like, wow, I can't believe it's only been two hours. No. Not that you'd say that. Not that I would say it, but I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate. Actually, no, that's true. That, that, that's false. I, I re-recorded with him. I won't say who he was, but I re-recorded with him because the first one didn't go so well. But it wasn't because of him. It was more because of me because I, he, was a diff, he was more of a reserved guest and I wasn't expecting that because that, that was one of the first dozen that I did. And so I didn't quite figure out how to adjust my approach to the guest. Right, I know and who so... you're talking about now. But um, <laughs> sorry, if you thought long and hard about the, the venue, remember you would too. So we're, we're, we'll both we'll both remain silent with terms of client confidentiality. Yeah. Um, but, um, so that was interesting too. But I mean, learning to manage different personalities, like your yeah. team sport and your relationship building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, if I if I had a guy like me on the podcast, I know how to. Yeah, it'd be super easy. If everyone was like you, life would be super easy. So easy, right? So easy. I would know exactly how to respond to you. Yeah. Why are people right. different? Yeah. Yeah, way to make it hard, people. Mm-hmm. But it's a good, you know, it's a good skill to have, uh, just because when you meet people in everyday life, you you have to adjust pretty qu- and okay, adjust in in the sense that you don't want to be something you're not. It's not about being fake or, or being deceitful, but if you want to build rapport with people, you kind of have to, you, you got to meet them. You have to meet them and you may have to go more than halfway, but either way, you know, you got to make a movement from your post to theirs, Indeed. which is an interesting, it, it's difficult in, in a way, but then it's a confidence thing. I think, I think once you're comfortable with who you are, then it's like, okay, I know if anything goes south, I can always just default to like my approach and I know how I am and okay, you can be courteous enough and neutral enough. And usually that's enough to kind of pull people out of their shell a bit, but you know, it's, it's a good skill nonetheless, but I don't know. I don't think this is helpful to anybody. But... <laughs> well, if it wasn't, they wouldn't be listening. I guess so. They're sitting there taking rapid notes and they're like, <laughs> You know, by the time they hear this, you will have been the 5,400 pull-up champion and people will be like, I want to know how he did that. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So, I mean, this will be out in, where are we now? We're in July. We are in July. We're in July. This, July. Will be, this will be August at some point. But we'll be building up to the date. We'll be 23rd getting, of November. 23rd of November. And we're going to do like a stream and, and well, we're going we're gonna to try to do a stream. I don't know, you know, there's a lot of. The difficult thing with that is because I can't really focus on anything other than what I'm doing in the moment because you just- I, I think that's right. Yeah, I think you have right. to. You, um, could, you could have someone kind of taking care of that stuff in the back. Yeah. If you had a team, we have a talented producer, you said. I do, and I make, I work her so hard. <laughs> she puts up with my crap, it's good. Well, at least she doesn't have to yeah. do 5,400 pull-ups. No, she could watch me do them, which is- That's nice. right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's how, that always works out, but- yeah, so we're going to do that. And, and I think the other nice thing too is I'm, I want to do it the first attempt. You're not going into the first attempt thinking you're not going to do it. Right, right. But right. I fully expect multiple attempts. And so I'm, I'm you're prepared if need be for the Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how long do you have to wait? Because I imagine there's got to be some recovery time after that. Like, yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. I, I'm not too sure how long we, it just kind of depends. Well, what, how long how did you happens. take, how long after your, crazy thousand plus best thing did you wait until you need more pull-ups that one was about 10 days because i had nerve damage in my index fingers right 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 <laughs> so you know but yeah. gloves gloves yeah i didn't wear gloves i did it bare barehanded because i wanted to see what would happen 
what's the difference between a pull-up and a chin-up though? I suppose at one point I knew that. Yes, that's a good one. So pull-up, chin-up. Different muscle groups. Yeah. These are like biceps. Heavy. More bicep and it's a lot of torque on your wrists. Um, from, the, from the pulling and the, and the grip, it tends to put a lot of pressure on your, on your wrist, mm. which is tough for me because I have a wrist injury that oh, right. I haven't been able to shake for a while, but that's just the way it goes at a certain point. Well, Tom Brady did okay with an injury of late. Yes, so, you know, we were talking about that. Mr. Mr. MCL tear. Yeah, so we did that. And, and then actually, oh, actually, I don't know if I told you about, oh, no, I did tell you at the time, but I'll, I'll remind you. So in March, I did the uh, Goggins 4 by 4 by 48 Right. Yeah. So I did that with shin splints and strained big toes. Ooh. Yeah, both going in to the run. Well done. So that was And you raised like ten, fifteen thousand dollars for charity? Yeah, it was like ten, ten thousand three hundred something. Pounds? Dollars. Dollars. That's so, so lot. Canadian that's dollars? Canadian dollars. So virtually worthless. But you know, it's yeah, nice okay. to contribute to it. <laughs> Buy several bottles of maple syrup, no doubt. No, no, Canadian dollars doing pretty good now, isn't it? It's doing better. Yeah, it's doing better. yeah it goes up and down. Yeah. As they do. And you know, and you talk about opportunity. I wouldn't have done the run if I didn't have a hurt hand. Well, there you go. You get a little cross training. You know, so I did that for the, the mental side to just get in there and, That's and right. see what would happen. You don't want to take months sitting there eating chips on the couch. No, and, I, and I'm not a runner. Like I, I hadn't ran. I did three weeks of training wow. and I hadn't ran in a few years. So it's just one of those things, you know, you just kind of. I mean, luckily I'm, I'm athletic. I got good athletic genes. And so it's like- And you work at it. And I work at it. And, you know, I think it's just one of those things if you, um, I kind of feel a bit of a responsibility because I mean, I think if people had, I mean, you know, again, I'm young, I got, you know, like I said- I That's the time to do it. I got the good genetics for it. And I got, you know, enough of the work ethic. And it's like, so if you have that ability, then I think you have the responsibility to, try and make the most of it not like you have to do a, a record but you have to push you have to push yourself and then whatever that means to you whatever that means to the individual you gotta push you gotta push and you know try and try and achieve a little bit and you know you'll be amazed at what you can do it's, it's, it's i'm amazed <laughs> yeah wait till i do it then it'll be right, like, sure, yeah fine. that's a good time yeah, yeah. but um i know we kind of we, we were chatting about a little bit of everything today so i mean that's that's 90 ish it's 90-ish minutes. Right. Fast-ish. Well, you know, minutes. I mean, this just leaves us, <laughs> this leaves us a little more content for fourth season. Yeah, that's right. Who knows where we'll be then? Yeah, I have a, I have a good feeling. So it'll be, um, yeah. I do too. Yeah. I hope. So we're looking forward to it. So anyways, thank you for, for gracing us with your uh, appearance. Oh, okay. I took lots of notes. Copious notes. Disney's lawyers are going to be sending you letters. You know the funny thing too? I do write a lot of notes during the podcast, but I'm off camera writing notes. So I feel much more liberal to write notes. And then now I'm like, I'm on camera. I don't like it with these. I feel I'm all self-conscious. Feel self-conscious about <laughs> writing on the camera. Yeah. So threw me off. So right. that's my no, But no one knows. It looks like a shark full of notes. No one would know. Yeah. Look at all these. Oh, yeah. Those are so many notes. So many notes. Look at all these good times. But... Anyways, thanks so much, Mr. Dr. Professor Ryan Abbott. We got to keep oh, the- Oh, uh, there we go. Look at that grip strength. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time.